Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, well, it's the first Friday of the month, and you know what that means. That's right, Dr. Alessandra Duke is stopping by the studio to have a chat with Sunny, and today it's all about the files from the magical universe, the balance between surrender and manifestation. Curious? So am I. And now I welcome your hosts for the day, Sunny Joy and Dr. Alessandra Duke. And good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. I'm one of your hosts of First Friday, attorney turned life coach, Sunny Joy McMillan. Joined today by Dr. Alessandra Duke. Hello. Woo! We're getting pretty good at pitching that back and forth, not being in the studio anymore. <laughs> I know. I know. We're just getting better. Anyway, Sunny in Seattle is here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk 1150 a.m. KKNW, bringing you amazing coaches, teachers, authors, and healers who are on a mission to encourage you, inspire you, and give you tools to live a life filled with peace, joy, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you can always access the show archives. Those are found at 1150kknw.com. And my website, if you want to find out more about me, connect with me for coaching and all that good stuff is goldenoversoul.com. And Alessandra, you want to give out your contact info? Yes. If anybody wants to learn more about me, you can go to alessandraduke.com. And you can also check out my website, uh, seattleladybosses.com, another organization that I head up. Yeah. Why don't you mention that for a moment since I always like people to know about that. Yes. Yeah. So Lady Bosses is um, an organization devoted to empowering entrepreneurs, small business owners, and people who just want to live a more badass life. And um, so we offer quarterly gatherings for women to come together, connect, connect as humans first. So I call it a non-networking networking event <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where people don't have to do their pitch. They do not have to do an elevator speech. They do not have to even bring their cards They just have to come be themselves. And women have gotten more business, more clients, they are saying, than any other networking group that they've gone to in Seattle. So it's just been wonderful. And our next event is on June 19th. So if you want to learn more, you can go to uh, www.seattleladybosses.com. We've got the event posted there. Sign up, RSVP, and come join us. Yeah, I can't believe it's already time for the event again. Like, it feels like just I know it's just wild how time is passing by so fast. It's even crazy that you and I, it's already time for us to meet again on the radio. You I know. know. And I kinda, yeah. Cause we didn't actually like, we haven't had our catch up since the last show. So we have a lot to dive into, but I want to yes. real quickly, one more housekeeping thing that I promised I would mention. Um, there's an organization, um, in Seattle that I have had, um, the, one of their master teachers on before it's body and brain Tai Chi and yoga. Um, and so they have locations throughout Seattle. I have actually done classes there. It's this wonderful place where you can go do yoga and explore practices based on the more traditional Eastern stretching, breathing, meridian exercise, Tai Chi, meditation techniques. They do all kinds of good stuff. And it's a really nice group of people. The classes are really approachable. Um, I went at a time when I hadn't been exercising as much and I thought, oh, I'm so out of shape. And they were just, it's just a wonderful place to go really get your chi moving. And um, they have a new location opening in one of my favorite parts of town. It's in Madison Park Center in Seattle on East Madison Street. And I want to mention it because tomorrow, Saturday, June 8th, um, from 
9 to 5 p.m. They're doing their grand opening at this new one in Madison Park. And you, if you show up tomorrow between 9 and 5, they're doing aura readings. They're doing chakra healings shoulder relaxation. They've got special deals on memberships and all that stuff. And so I wanted to uh, mention it because Brianna, one of the wonderful girls from uh, the, uh, I believe it's the Ravenna location, um, she reached out and said they were doing this. And we've had, as I mentioned, Master Danielle Godet on the show before. And I, you know, they're doing good work over there. So I just want to make you all aware of it. Go get yourself an R reading or a chakra healing tomorrow. Um, and that's Saturday, June 8th. And that's at the uh, Body and Brain Yoga Tai Chi, the new Madison Park Center in Seattle. So um, okay. Housekeeping out of the way. And okay. So do we want to start with some questions for Benny? Benny, are you there? Oh yeah. I'm listening. Okay, I'm okay, down okay. here. Good, good, fire good. away. Fire sure. away. Yes. Yeah, let's try let's to do our Benny check-in. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. And I actually had, okay. So first of all, we need to do Benny check-in, um, about all things love and life. So Benny, are there any updates that listeners inquiring minds need to know? Oh no. Single right and mingle. Okay, okay. All okay. right, all okay. right. Single, ready to mingle. Okay. Yes. How's life been feeling, Benny, overall? How you doing? Uh, not bad. Uh, the kids and uh, I've got a little league wrapping up here. Uh, we have playoffs next week. And, uh, of course, school's out in two weeks. <gasps> uh, I, know, I can't believe second grade is already wrapping up for this year. And uh, they're looking forward to summer, and so am I. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so that's like all the surface level stuff. Oh, yeah. no. No. Wow. no. Okay. <laughs> with it. No, Dang I have it. okay. So, Benny, I have two questions that I brought today, um, and of course, you deserve the <laughs> right to ask like anything. Yeah. <laughs> and Alessandra, I don't know if you brought any today. <laughs> I just always have questions. I just like wow. a vault of questions. Like yeah. <laughs> okay, so I want to learn more fun facts about Benny. So, <laughs> um, okay, Benny, what is something that I might not know about you, even though we have been together every week for four years? Uh wow! Anything from childhood, you two have been together that long on radio. (laughs) Yeah, that's tough. I mean, I don't really have too many secrets, really, or like special traits or anything. It just might be something like that hasn't come up, like like a secret talent. Yeah, like oh, by the way, I was a track and field champion in middle school, and the record still stands. Or I don't know, I was slow. Okay, so there's a fun fact. Oh, okay, I got one. Uh, so, uh, what was it? Um, second or third grade, I skated the most laps during our skate-a-thon for hockey, raised the ma- most oh, money. And, that's impressive. And the theme song was Danger Zone from Top Gun. <laughs> yes. That was like my jam. That's amazing. I, I just got into, like, you know, Maverick mode and just you went nuts. Zone. Oh, yeah. The Danger Zone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're doing a you know Top Gun 2, by the way, just to let you know. I did hear about that. Okay, so I'm kind wait. of excited. <laughs> yeah. Now, wait, Benny, how many laps was that? Do you oh, remember? man, I can't remember, but I still have the pin like, that oh. I got. Oh, yeah, I still have it at home. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's impressive. Like back that in the day. good. Yeah, I know. Well, it, it kind of hurt my grandma's pocketbook. She's like, oh, I'll donate like a quarter a lap. And I'm like, oh, are no. you sure? <laughs> and I swear I skated like over 100 laps in like less than 20 minutes. Oh, poor grandma. Yeah, no, do you she, still skate, Benny? Uh, I still rollerblade. I don't do as much really? ro- uh, ice skating as much. I also like after I left Alaska and I stopped ice skating, I took up golf. And then I grew like two feet. <laughs> so uh-huh. my balance was a little off since then. But I still rollerbladed and I still try to do that. I'll do a little bit more when the kids get a little bit you know, older and taller. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. I'd like okay, to pick so it back that's up. That's a fun fact. Okay. I love it. So Yay, then, I Benny, get a ding. You... I get a ding. Ding. Answer. Yes. 
finished. And so are you like one of those, like I see these amazing humans at the park that are like rollerblading and totally getting down to their music and they're all decked out in their spandex. Is that you, Benny? No. When we don't see the radio. No. Okay. I don't do spandex. I was like, should I start looking for you at Green Lake? Or? Ooh, no, 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 no. Okay. Okay. Wait. Now, Benny, do you ever go down to Southgate to the roller rink so, or go over to? No, not really. I went to uh, a couple, like, skate parties for my boys and their classmates we've done a couple times. And, of course, I brought my own skates. And then <laughs> I get that look like, oh, he's that guy. <laughs> he's for those. I brought yeah. my own skate. Yeah, right. I, no, I but my own roller like, skate. But I had like really nice blades. Like they're like, oh. over two hundred dollars. Like you know, actual blades that you know uh -huh. what I mean. Like I've I've done my uh -huh. homework uh -huh. with, and I I slap them on. Uh -huh. I started doing a couple laps. They're like, oh yeah, he's he he used to play. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> kind I, of a big deal. Yeah, kind of a I don't big use deal. Uh, brakes either. Like I usually just learn how to stop and spin out of it. For stopping. Ooh. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I guess you could skate backwards then, huh? Uh, yeah. I can, <laughs> yeah, I can do that. <laughs> Forwards, backwards, you do it all. In fact, that was another useless thing. Uh, trivia fact: I actually, uh, at times, I could skate faster backwards than I could forward. Like just with um, what? on a yeah, like on a fast break. Like usually, uh, I play defense mm -hmm. in uh, hockey, so I was able to skate fast enough. And catch up with the the breakaway guy, and then spin around in front of them, and then <gasps> handle them and try to defend them while I was being between me and the goalie. So, I feel like this is like when I learned that Steve Carell, the actor, was like professional level hockey player at right. some point, and there's one of the Whoa, episodes features it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Benny and Steve Carell, they're just like, Ooh. yeah, just. Uh, Right there together. I don't know if hockey would even come up with just seeing him in person. <laughs> that might be like way down the road or a few tequilas in. So that would be kind of hilarious if that was the first thing you said to Steve Carell. Right? Like, nice to meet you. Oh my gosh, I've heard you're a hockey player. He's like, what? Oh. Like, you've never seen any of my movies? <laughs> nope, yeah. not a one. Not a one. Sir. That'd be funny. Okay, well, that's the question I had. So, Alessandra, what have you got? I've got another one if I if we need to have more. But... <laughs> You're gonna burn up okay. your whole show with Alessandra on me. We have people that inquiring minds want all to know right, about. All right, all yeah. Right, all right. So, Benny, you know, like people people are interested in your love life, which I think is <laughs> really fun, right? <laughs> is it fun? Mean, most... Not right now. No. It's not fun. <laughs> and mostly, those people are Alessandra and me more than anyone else. Right. <laughs> it sounds like. So what do you, what do you, what would you say your outlook is on love and relationships? Like, what do you think it takes to mm. make a successful relationship? I think just honesty, open communication, just be blunt, you know, and if it hurts, it's going to sting mm -hmm. a little bit, but it's worth getting it out there rather than keep it all bottled up, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, this mm -hmm. is our business and I know a lot of previous relationships have ended with not as much communication as hoped and mm -hmm. you know and it it's not all about looks there's obviously some intelligence that needs to be involved in there too mm -hmm. i want to have some chatting you know the, the back and forth it's needed yep. you know yep okay. i like it i'm a package okay. i'm a package deal that's so right can't you yeah you got to handle that <laughs> yeah yes right. oh the cute boys that's a good package thank you yes out. they are <laughs> Okay, Sunny, did you have one more question to wrap up Benny's time or are you good? Yeah, I'll just I'll ask this one then. And this okay. is a short 
Benny, because this one gets this one be answered pretty quickly. Benny, what is one thing you want listeners to know about you that they might not know? You know, when having just listened to you as being, you know, on air talent and doing all the work that you do around the station, maybe something that hasn't come up that you want them to know. Six foot one and tons of fun. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I already know that. That you're tons of fun anyway. <laughs> oh, I love uh, it. Have a, yeah, I usually have a smile on wherever I go. So. He does. I used to, yeah. I've said it before, but when I used to listen to the station before I had the show and I would always just go, is this for real? Can he really be this happy and this fun and this like energetic? And y'all it's for real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's still kind of crazy. A lot of people like, you know, I get here around a little before four 30 and they're like, where do you get it? Like it's all <laughs> bottled up. I'm like, I don't know. I went to bed at midnight too. So I just, it's there. Yeah, where do you get it, yeah. Benny? Is there like a special shake or something that you drink? Oh, yeah. It's a secret I can't tell you. <laughs> we'll see if we get a uh, high energy. Maybe someday I'll get it out of it. It's just a natural yeah. thing. I don't know. I just been. I just have energy. I just keep going. Uh-huh. Well, I can attest I like to that. It. Thank you. Yay. Thanks, okay, Benny. Benny. Thanks for humoring us anytime. and letting us ask you lots of personal questions and things. Anytime, yeah. anytime. And I will send myself an applause. I love it. Thank you, Benny. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. (laughs) I love it. Okay. So, Alessandra, where should we begin? We had, like, so much stuff we wanted to talk about. Yes. Well, Sunny, I am just so curious. I mean, you people have been listening to you for a while. They, They... I think are interested in your updates about Petaluma, what's been going on for you. And so I'm really curious about what you mentioned with this like day of serendipities, right. And a little bit of this surrender. So would you be okay just kicking us off? Like tell us what's going on with you out there. And yes. And 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 maybe we should just say for listeners, we're, we're even more at a distance right now. Right. I'm so I'm talking to you from the beaches of North Carolina, which is a really fun treat to be still on the radio and connected with you. So while Sunny's in California, I'm all the way out here on the East Coast, and here we are, and I haven't seen you, so I I don't know what's going on. (laughs) Well, so, okay, so we've been here two months, and in some ways it feels like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's already been two months. And in other ways, it feels like it's been, um, it, like it's flown by in some ways. And in other ways, it's it's hard to get my head around that it's been mm-hmm. 60 days. So um, I wanted to just, um, I, I did a Facebook Live about this earlier this week. And um, I mentioned it on the show before, t- I think last month. But yeah, moving to a new place, there's a lot more that goes into it. And, um, and I experienced like there's a little bit of a dip in momentum. You know, Chase is still finding new work. And I'm still... Uh, figuring out what it's like to work from home and how to meet, you know, where to put my emphasis. Do I need to be going into San Francisco for my work? Do I need to be emphasizing Petaluma and trying to stay pretty local? Mm -hmm. So all of those things can either, you know, send you into a panic, like, oh my gosh, or it can be, you know, just trust that things are going to unfold the way they're supposed to. And so I had, I wanted to share this, like, I have this little thing I do sometimes on my Facebook page, you know, from the magical Mm -hmm. universe files. Um, And so this, to me, what happened, I just want to share with you some of the serendipities on this one particular day. And it, to me, this little microcosm of one day that happened a week ago is it can be applied, I think, to the macrocosm of a whole life in terms of trusting the unfolding and that if you just get into flow, um, 
and you're in that space, that things will work out for you. And I do always believe, not in a Pollyanna way, but I do believe that everything is always working out for me. Everything is always working out for us. Everything is working out as it's supposed to. Um, but sometimes it's just neat to see that actually happen. Um, and I also, this was a quote that I just want to like preface this with, and it's one I've mentioned on the show before, but I love it. And I've been reminded of it more and more lately. So I wanted to say it for listeners out there in case this is going to help you too. So it's from Steve Jobs. It was from a commencement speech that he did a while back. Um, and he said, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. So you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. You have to trust in something, your gut, destiny, life, karma, whatever, this approach has never let me down and it has made all the difference in my life. So um, we had a friend come to visit um, and it's a dear friend from Austin. Um, she had a very traumatic brain injury a little over a year ago. And this was, I think, her first trip, you know, flying alone. Um, and she has just made some great leaps and bounds in her recovery. Like she shouldn't be alive. And she is in um, so she's just continuing to heal and I, you know, brain injuries can take years to heal. So she's mm -hmm. only a little bit over a year out. Um, so that said, she came out to visit us. And so we were all a little nervous, you know, about her being on a plane for the first time. So we, she flew into San Francisco international airport. And just for those out there listening, that is probably the biggest airport we have in the Bay area. You know, there's Oakland and Santa Rosa and San Jose, but San Francisco International is a big freaking airport. And so we're like driving in from Petaluma to pick her up. And mind you, on the way to go pick her up, um, there were, you know, um, I've also mentioned this, I think, on the show before that Rob, you know, my ex-husband who passed away in actually a year ago this month, um, he tends to communicate with me in triple numbers, like one, 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 two, 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 three, three, three. Like it just shows up in really interesting times when I'm either thinking about him or, um, I'm having a hard day and on the drive to go pick up this friend, <laughs> the triple numbers were everywhere. Oh. And I would have a thought and I like ask a question in my head and a triple number license plate would go by or you pass. So we already just felt like we got on the road and there were, there were already these master numbers and serendipities everywhere. So we get to San Francisco and I'm like, okay, let's go. We got to go park in the cell phone lot and wait for her so that when we get the text, we can immediately be Instead of circling the airport and being confused, we can just get to her quickly because I know this may be an overwhelming, you know, thing to pick, to be dumped off in San Francisco mm -hmm. International after coming out of a pretty small airport at home. So we, Chase is navigating and I'm driving and he misses the turnoff for the cell phone lot. And so we're like dumped into the airport. Her flight is, has arrived like you know, five minutes ago. So we don't know if she's checked a bag or what's happening. And so we're just like dumped in the middle of the airport. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know where to go. So we <laughs> end up like pulling into the parking garage, which I never do to pick someone up. And this parking garage, there's so much construction in this area. We know her flight number, we know her airline, but we were not sure we were in the right terminal. And so we're like, we park and we're underground. And <laughs> I just ask one person I, as that's walking by, do you know this airport very well? And they say, well, not really. And I said, we're trying to get to the United bag claiming. He said, oh, you just follow this little ramp and go up the stairs and it's right there. And meanwhile, we're texting this friend trying to, you know, say, hey, where are you? We parked. We, we can come get you at bag claim. Don't leave. And we haven't heard anything. And mm -hmm. so we go down this long ramp, come up the stairs. Chase looks over and goes, there she is. And she was just 
like out of all of the bag claim, you know, little receptacles that, yeah. that they're like 20. United has a huge hub in San Francisco International. And she's just standing there with her bag, like completely like, like 10 feet from the top of these stairs. And we get to her and we're, oh, hugs. And no, it's so good to see you. And how was your flight? And hey, we've been texting you. And she goes, oh, I texted you. And we look down at her phone and she's had it in airplane mode and she never did turn it off. So none of her texts went through. Uh -huh. None of our texts went through. If we And, you know, I think she still has some technology challenges with her injury. I don't think we were the ones to figure that out on her phone. So somehow the universe led us to the right parking garage, to the right set of stairs, to the right bag claim receptacle, come up, and she's just standing there literally waiting for us in the entire San Francisco International Airport, and her phone is on airplane mode, so we never would have found her otherwise. <laughs> it was just like... <laughs> At the That's moment. amazing. Yeah. And so I just, I want to just like, there were so many things that had to happen for us to meet her so perfectly and think, what if she had panicked? What if she mm -hmm. couldn't have, no one had helped her figure out with her phone? What if we hadn't been able to, I mean, ultimately we would have found her, but it might've been a little, not as easy and effortless as it was. And it just reminded me like at the moment when Chase missed the cell phone turnoff lot, I, I was like, I was frustrated. I was like, oh God, what are we going to do now? Like, where are we supposed to go? Now we're going to have to make a big loop. And at airports like that, it can take you 15 minutes to get around again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we were supposed to miss the cell phone lot. And yeah. Chase was like, just turn in here. He sometimes tends to be much more grounded and in flow in high stress situations. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And he was like, just park here, just turn in here. And we did. And then there she was. And I thought if you can just trust in the unfolding, instead of thinking that you know what needs to happen, like in a metaphoric way, going to the cell phone, mm -hmm. lot. we were supposed to go to the cell phone lot and wait for her and text her and blah, blah. Right. It's if you can just allow yourself to be in flow in the grander picture, everything will work out. So to make this long story really long, it's like <laughs> getting here to Petaluma. Some of the dots I can't quite connect yet about certain things. Yes. And even though I still have a knowing, when you go to the knowing, I was listening to Martha back in one of her gathering room Facebook lives yesterday, an old one. Um, and it, it was, she was just talking about how in times of transition or in times of stress, just instead of being in your head, just go to your knowing, like knowing, and for me, that's in my heart space. Mm -hmm. Go to that knowing and you know, all is going to be well, even if there's a bunch of um, unconnected dots around you at the moment. Um, and to me, that situation with this friend um, was just an example of we are so taken care of and just allow yourself to be in flow and it's all going to work out exactly as it's supposed mm -hmm. to, you know? Yes. So that's my day of serendipities that I, I love it. Fun. And there were more to it than that, but I don't, that, that was the main one. I was like, are you kidding? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, and it's kind of that like, you know, that idea of how do I know it's all supposed to go this way or be this way? Because it is. Yes. That's a Byron Katieism, right? Yes. <laughs> how do you know it's supposed to be happening? Because it is happening. Yes. How do I know? <laughs> because that's what's happening. Yeah. So it feels, and it's like we, you know, we have this like argument where we, we are kind of asserting internally that our idea of how things are supposed to go is the way and is the appropriate way for things to go. And I think that the the universe has a much different idea and oftentimes a better idea, right? It's like, even if you think about this parking lot example, it's like, it was probably a lot more convenient 
for you all to pull in there than it would have been, you know, going all these other directions and all of that. And it's like the universe kind of has a, an, a better idea in, in all of the time yes. <laughs> for the most part than we do. And it really is just like learning to lean in and trust that, trust that you are guided, trust that you will get there right where you need to be. Yeah. And do you mind if I throw like piggyback on that a little bit? Cause it's Please. exactly where I was kind of thinking of going anyway. Yeah. So, um, I was sharing with you, I think as we were preparing for the show via text, as we do mm -hmm. like trade topics, like I have, I'm going to be interviewing Tosha Silver in August and she has a new book out called it's not your money. Um, and it's just, I love for those out there, if you don't know Tosha, um, she, her entire body of work is around, um, offering. So when you living in alignment with the divine by offering everything up and trusting that it's a very different, it's, it's very different than giving the universe a shopping list of things you want to manifest. Basically, mm -hmm. It's more just what you said. And I, I want to share with you, I was listening to her in an interview she did the other day during that Hey house, uh, you can heal your life summit. And she's talking about, um, you know, when you offer everything up to the divine, instead of being super specific, mm -hmm. um, she said, um, the divine says, I know what you're capable of. You didn't even know to ask for this. Like, like yeah. it's what you just said. And I wanted to, I've been thinking about this in terms of my work lately. Um, cause there are a lot of irons in the fire, you know, between, um, you know, the unhitched, the book and the, the program that I mm -hmm. coach women around, around soul digger, the new little program that I beta tested in the last month. That was a lot of fun. And, you know, I enjoy speaking. I really enjoy writing. I've been doing a lot more writing lately. And so it's like, what is the balance? of leading gatherings? What is the balance of doing one-on-one -on -one coaching? What is the balance of incorporating speaking and writing and teaching? Mm -hmm. And I was reminded, like there's a, there's a, there was a time in my business when I would maybe have a month where something that I would say, like, I want four clients this month. I want four new clients in my one-on-one -on -one program. I get really specific. And it reminds me a lot of when people get really specific about, you know, the, the partner that they want. I want them to be this tall with right. brown hair and blue eyes and this, you know, profession or whatever. I used to make those lists too. And what I will say from my personal experience, I know I'm kind of all over the place here, but I have You're doing great. You're plane. doing great. We'll be on the plane. Um, what I will say from personal experience is that I used to make those lists about relationship, you know, romantic or otherwise, um, make those lists about work, uh, what I wanted out of work. And those things often would happen like my marriage, the list that I'd set out for the husband, man, he had that in spades and more, but the marriage was not a happy one. And so when I ended up meeting Chase, it's like how you do anything is how you do everything. And I think if you can, if you have experienced if you know how to do one thing well, you can translate that into other areas of your life. So when I ended up meeting Chase, and this wasn't even, I don't think, conscious at the time, I just prayed for and meditated on peace. That's all I wanted. I didn't care mm -hmm. about a list of qualities for a person. I didn't care about anything in my life, like personal or professional at that point, except peace, because I hadn't had peace for a really, really mm -hmm. long time. And what did the universe deliver in short order? Like this amazing man I've been with for seven years and every day feels like, and I'm not, I know this sounds so, I, I used to hate <laughs> it when people talk like this, but I'm just, I, you know what? I want people to know it's possible. It doesn't have to be hard. And in my experience, like the universe delivered exactly what my soul knew that I needed and my human 
small self did not. Right. And so I've been thinking the same thing. Like instead of asking for this many clients or this writing engagement or, you know, getting published in this magazine, I just want a vocation that brings me peace, joy, freedom, and purpose. That's it. Mm-hmm. And so let's see what the universe delivers that I didn't even know to ask for. So that's, right. yeah, what you were saying. So that was a long way of piggybacking on that. But that's just kind of where I am right now about this move and uh, what is coming next with it, you know? Right. And I love it. I know we probably have to take a break in just oh, a minute. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, even as you're describing your relationship, and I think this w- largely applies to work and, and I can say more about that, but um, you know, if we think about the relationship, it's like when you're, you're instead looking at how you want to feel, right. I want yes. peace. It's like, yes, because there's no way that you would have known to even ask for all of the qualities that Chase has, right? Like right. I want this guy to have what it, like Sandy Blonde hair, be about this height, have this mm-hmm. kind of background. Like you wouldn't have, and that's where like our small minds really get in our way because there's no way that you would have even known that your peace can come in, in the package that is him, right? Yeah. That looks like him, sounds like him, feels like him. So is like, I think that we all spend a lot of time trying to come up with those specific kind of asks when our brains can't even conceptualize the total possibility of where the love and the peace can actually come from and how that will show up and what clothes that we'll be wearing, you know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I just, that was like an epiphany I had about a week ago and I'm like, why am I not translating that same thing? And I wrote a little bit about it. So yeah, I, I'm now going to be experimenting with asking for feeling states rather than specific items on a, you know, a a universe list, like here, give me this. (laughs) So we'll see what happens. I think, you know, I've had so much success in the past thinking about like, okay, I want two more clients, right. And Mm -hmm. getting really clear on that. And then having those two clients flow in, it's been wonderful, but more I've changed around my business. I want ease Mm -hmm. and I want abundance. Right. And so I'm constantly like, um, I'm thinking, um, even when I used to focus just on the amount of money I made, it's like, well, that's even shutting me down. If the universe is like, Oh wait, I had a much different plan for you. Right. But it's like, even those two clients, it's like, well, that could be wonderful, but it also, uh, there's no telling where all of that money can come from or where that ease can come from in my business. Maybe it's those two clients, but maybe the universe has a much bigger and better idea for me. And that's what I've been surrendering to a lot more. And whoa, things have really expanded for me. You know, it's been amazing. Yeah. And I love that. And I will just say before we go to break, like a caveat, when I used to hear the word surrender, if someone has had like a a pretty, you know, some religious wounding, like, and you're thinking, oh, surrendering to some male God in the sky with a long beard that may or may not deem you worthy of going to heaven or cast you into hell or whatever. So surrender, I was like, what am I surrendering to? I am not willing to, I, I do not feel comfortable surrendering to that. And for me, and Tosha talks about this a lot, you're not only surrendering to, you know, the, whatever your idea of a higher power or something grander, the universal tapestry, you're not just surrendering to that, but you're also surrendering to your own higher self, like the part of you that is the piece of the creator inside of you. So it's not like it's an external, like surrender bound down. It's more like, let your higher self, your soul take the lead rather than your small self. And that soul that is part of the creator, at least in my cosmology, um, that's what you're surrendering to. So if you have, you know, I, I used to kind of 
bristle at this idea of surrender. And no, it's just like partnering with your higher self. That's how I look at it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it. Anywho. Okay. So Benny's probably like, break, break, break. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So um, Benny, break time. Is that good? Sounds good to me. Yep. Okay. Okay. Very good. I just want to make sure you're right. Since we're not in the studio anymore, I don't want to like say, okay, break and Benny be in the ox studio and us be like, do, 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 do. I'll let you know. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So you've been listening to Sunny in Seattle. It's first Friday on Sunny in Seattle, which means I'm one of your hosts, Sunny Joy, joined by Dr. Alessandra Duke. And we will be back in just a few. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. Are you ready to get unstuck from a bad marriage and embrace your best life? If you're anything like me, you may have spent years creating a life that looks pretty good on paper. There's just one problem. Your marriage is unhappy and unfulfilling, but you're too scared to trade your comfortable life for a future full of unknowns. In my new book, Unhitched, I will give you the tools you need to make the right decisions about your marriage, as well as the confidence that your future can be better and brighter than you can even imagine. I share my own very personal story and I will guide you through a clear process that will enable you to answer the question, should I stay or should I go? It's a process that will help you tune out fears and unwanted advice, and instead tune into your own intuition and inner wisdom, as well as exit a marriage gracefully and feel secure about your future. Get ready to trade confusion and stagnation for your best life. Unhitched, unlock your courage and clarity and unstick your bad marriage. Available today on Amazon.com. Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines. Alternative Talk 1150 is your sports organization's safe bet when it comes to airing your team's games. Our players are all seasoned professionals when it comes to sports programming. Imagine your games being heard on local radio. Your team deserves the MVP treatment. Call 425-653-1150 today to learn how affordable and fun it is to broadcast your games on the radio. Call 425-653-1150 and make your next season something special. That's 425-653-1150. Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. Um, Benny, I thought for sure you'd bring us back in with the danger zone. Oh, I guess I could. Yeah. I was still okay, feeling that a little Madonna ish. Yeah. I, I still have time. time. There's the end of the show, too. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. Um, I am one of your hosts, Sunny Joy, joined by Dr. Alessandra Duke. Yes. Okay. So now let's switch gears. And I want to turn because you had two really interesting things that are kind of have been coming up for you, Alessandra, that I think, I mean, I relate to both of them and I imagine listeners will too. Um, So yeah, the the idea of, uh, well, I'll just you know what you texted me about. I'll let you. <laughs> you know what you said. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's see. Am I talking about, oh, sure. uh, showing up? Yes. Okay. So something I've been doing all kinds of, um, just trying to lean in more in my business and, um, and my business really is an extension of me. It is, it's become like, you know, it's become kind of a form of therapy for me in some ways. I love working on my business and it's not just like about the money making to me. It is really a spiritual evolution and just challenge for growth all of the time. Um, and so I really love it. And it's something that I'm constantly thinking about growing. Um, 
And so some of the ways that I've been leaning in more recently are to work on some more engagement with, um, with my audience, with the lady bosses audience. Um, you know, some of those things, building lady bosses and then building a big Facebook group associated with that, like those were all kind of, I mean, there are no accidents, right? So I say like accidental successes, but I know that it's all been very, very much driven by the divine, by universe. I mean, Mm -hmm. all of this has happened with great purpose. But for me as the kind of driver of the thing, I didn't have any good systems in place because it built so big so fast. Um, So in the Facebook group, I've been trying to take back the the reins and facilitate more discussion and conversation rather than just people kind of posting at Mm -hmm. will. Mm -hmm. Um, And because I want everybody to really stay connected in between our meetings and have it be an extension of what those gatherings are all about, which is connecting around authenticity, vulnerability, and like self-care within entrepreneurship. I'm Mm -hmm really deeply interested in that. Um, and more and more of my work has been, um, you know, around emotional health and entrepreneurship. I'm just, Mm -hmm. I'm just fascinated by holding both. Um, and so, um, but getting in front, deciding to step in front of 800 people and say, I'm going to do this differently. Mm -hmm. And basically, you know, um, like, I want you all to like this and also being willing to accept that some people won't like the changes that I want to make, or some people won't like me or it when I'm showing up more, right. Mm -hmm. And showing more of myself. And it's a real vulnerable thing. And I think it's been a lot easier for me. Um, you know, when it's with, whether it's like with a Facebook group or even a newsletter that I send out to just hide a little bit Mm -hmm. and like, Oh, I'm going to let them post whatever they want. And, and I won't take the reins here because anytime that we show up more, we risk, uh, being criticized more. Right. Yeah. Um, that is just, that is par for the course. And I mean, I am telling clients all of the time, we're not, we can't get anywhere that we want to go and we can't grow in the ways that we want without taking risks, without failing, without leaning in, without trying, right? That there is one number one way we're never going to get to our bigger goal. And that is to never take any risks, right? Yeah. And so, you know, and it, it's just interesting because as I am leaning in and being more vulnerable and showing up more in my business and in community, it makes me more vulnerable, but I, I'm, I'm wanting also to be known by Mm -hmm. community. I'm, I'm wanting to be well-known. I'm wanting to be well-respected. I'd like my work to be, um, more widely known. And the only way that I can do that is to show up, right? So it's just kind of like this little bit of a pain point where I'm like, okay, I've got to show up. That's Mm -hmm. really painful, but it's the only way that I can reach these other goals. And, and I kind of go between being totally terrified of being more seen, um, and totally like, okay, I've just got to lean in and do this, you know? So it's just been me kind of watching my own process and the, the various fears that come up when I do decide to kind of lean in, but it's been amazing to, um, you know, engaging with people in the lady bosses community and seeing how actually receptive they are Mm -hmm. and appreciative of, of me showing up, you know, like, I think it's really, it's, it's been affirming process. So it's, it's kind of going hand in hand with, I've got, um, 
a birthday, a big milestone birthday this month. <laughs> and yes. I think as we age a little bit that we, um, we can have the tendency to care a little bit less, right. And, um, at least a little bit less of what, what people are thinking, because it's just like, our time is precious. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the work that I'm able to do with clients, um, directly is really valuable and could be, um, could be something that could have a gr- an even greater impact. Um, and so, um, me leaning in and being vulnerable is like, okay, I just got to do it. I can't spend any more time caring what every single person thinks I could, um, anything that comes out of my mouth, I have the ability to, to, to see like, okay, I can see this in a lot of different ways. So it's really hard for me to just speak to one thing when I know there could be lots of different opinions on the one thing and I could understand them all. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's just, I'm just kind of in this, this kind of murky growing pains, being seen, afraid of being seen vulnerability kind of thing that's happening right now. Yes. It reminds me a lot of, um, a teacher that I had pretty early on, um, when I was starting my business and, um, I don't know where this rule of thirds came from originally, Mm -hmm. but, um, I learned it from Amy Pearson and she said, you know, when you are putting yourself out into the world and she was speaking particularly with regard to your business, you know, mm-hmm. who, who you are, what your mission statement is, who you help with what problem, that kind of a thing that really showing up as yourself, like with all of your opinions, with your values, letting mm-hmm. people know where you stand on things. About a third of the people are going to be pretty neutral about you and not really pay attention, yeah. not care one way or the other. A third of the people are never going to like you. They are going to share different, or they're going to have different values mm-hmm. and they're going to be opposed or even it doesn't matter if you did bend over backwards, they're just never going to mm-hmm. like you. And that's right? okay. And then there's a third that are your people that we, you know, the more, the louder you get with who you really are, they're going to love you more for it and it will magnetize the right people. But often we spend our entire life or most of our business energy trying to convince the neutral third and the no like you third. (laughs) So absolutely. Or just go plain old vanilla. And so nobody really knows who you are or what you stand for. Absolutely. (laughs) You can't, how can your people find you if there's no magnetism for them to know even who you really are and what you stand for. So yeah, I, I get, man, I hear that. And I, one of my favorite things to listen to from, from mentors who are a little bit farther along the path, um, you know, like Brooke, I know you are, you and I are both following Brooke Castillo pretty closely now, or Susan Hyatt, some of the others, and man, they live big, they live out loud. They get a lot of hate mail and it's like, you know, (laughs) you are doing something right when you were getting hate mail because you're actually taking a stand and, uh, um, giving some people something to respond to, whether that be extreme attraction toward your ideas or Mm -hmm. people are opposite and you're getting hate mail. Right. Right. And I think that, you know, something in, in my training as a psychologist, we were essentially taught to have that kind of blank canvas. Oh, I get, Oh, I didn't even think about that that, aspect of it. Yes. That that has been. So not only do I have a history of people pleasing to keep a somewhat chaotic family in balance, right. And being kind of like the pleaser, the peacekeeper, you know, that kind of thing. And maybe my parent, maybe my mom would argue with that and say, you are not (laughs) pleasing. (laughs) I think I, (laughs) well, whatever. Um, so, um, 
but I've got that kind of in my history. And then, um, you know, I did a very intensive training on becoming that blank canvas so that mm-hmm. basically I can work, I have capacity to work with anyone coming at me with any issue and can see any side of what they're talking about. And that makes me a really effective clinician. But as I've been, as I have been growing more into my identity as in doing more coaching kind of work, I am, you know, I am talking more to a direct population. I am, I'm not seeing every single issue under the sun and I am trying to show up as me. It seems like part of getting that doctorate was there was a big part of me that absolutely disappeared, right? Mm. I had been trained so well that a lot of me taking a stand, having strong opinions, that kind of thing, just kind of, it kind of like dissipated a little bit. Right. That's kind of like when I became a lot more private, a lot more hidden from things like social media, um, because I really can see so many perspectives for any one point. And so I think it's difficult because I can hear the inner arguments in anything that I'm about to say, you know. Um, So I think, too, that it's, you know, it's a it's been kind of some growing pains of really finding my own truth and trusting that that can be okay. And that can be okay to share that. And it can be okay that yes, I have a PhD and I stand for something in particular and people, people cannot like it. And, um, and I, and really needing to walk my talk in what I tell clients, right? Because I'm, I'm talking all of the time about what it means to show up authentically. Mm-hmm. And when we show up authentically, we are inevitably going to disappoint someone. And that just like you're saying, people who out there who we really respect and follow, like I adore Oprah. I mm-hmm. love me some Oprah. Mm-hmm. And she has, I mean, millions of haters, right? Oh, yeah. And So it's like, it's, I just think that I think avoiding that is impossible. And I think it's, it's, uh, just, I'm needing to, I'm needing to walk my talk of what I am telling clients all of the time. I see my clients growing so much in their strength and confidence and showing up authentically. And every once in a while I see myself kind of hiding and I think, oh man, you are not doing what you are telling other people to do, you know? Yes. What, what, if you don't mind me asking, I'll just put you on the spot on live, live, uh, broadcast, but yeah. uh, what is one of the issues that you have felt that, uh, is hard for you to be your real self? Like something that's come up in the last month or something, uh, like whether that's something you were going to put in a newsletter or put on social media, like what are the, what are the, not the pain points, but like the parts where you're like the most scared or vulnerable to talk about it? Oh yeah. So that's a great question. There are, uh, there's a whole bucket of issues I can choose from, (laughs) but something that comes to mind is, um, you know, when I think about even giving people tips for how to work through anxiety, um, on let's say, let's say anxiety and building your business. Right. Um, and so there's all kinds of things that I know about managing anxiety. Now in the psychology community, there's about a hundred different approaches to treating anxiety. And anybody who's read any kind of literature knows that all of those people who support whatever choice they have think that their choice is the right choice in how to treat anxiety. So, you know, even thinking about offering something as helpful as here's one idea 
here's one idea, right? Like, so let's say you're going to look at your anxiety as that's, that is, that is fear showing up in your life, right? Mm -hmm. That is, that is that, that voice of fear, right? There, there will be 10 other people that say that's ridiculous. That's not true. Right. Or that's ridiculous. You, you know, I can't believe that you would treat it in that way. Right. Or that you would approach it in that way. And so I just I feel like I can hear all of that. And and also I'm thinking I'm wanting to hold multiple truths like, yes, and there are many ways that we could be looking at anxiety. I'm just offering one. Right. And and I just imagine the attack just in my offering of something. And so it's as benign as that. Right. But it's something that is in my head, I think, as a former academic. So it sounds like the people that you are, you know how they talk about the generalized other and we, yes. we call it in my coaching tradition, you're everybody, yes. but you're like, okay, everybody's going to be, uh, everybody's going to criticize this, this approach to anxiety that I'm offering. Yes. So, but it sounds like, am I getting it right? That like your primary fear of criticism in this is the, the other clinicians or uh, other academics and yeah, I think I think other academics or people that just like to argue about um, about mental health approaches, mm -hmm. you know, just mm -hmm. people who like to say like, oh, I can't believe you would say that that's how you would look at, you know, trauma or that's how you would look at family issues or that's how you would look at, you know, any of this kind of stuff. So it's probably, yeah, my my other is um, uh, sort of uppity academics mm -hmm. and, um, people who I kind of, I kind of think of them as like, you know, people in the cheap seats or like, yes. like the tire kickers, you know, yeah. just coming yeah. around, kicking the tire, like, you know, how good is this really, you know, what do you really have to offer? How, you know, how could you possibly help me? You know, that, that kind uh -huh. of stuff, uh -huh. which, which happens no matter what. Oh yeah, it absolutely does. And I, I'm now want to, um, I, I want you to let us know at whatever the next first Friday is that this happens when mm -hmm. you get someone that's like, I think your approach sucks. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and we can celebrate it and be like, yes, you were taking a stand. We know that because yes. someone reacted. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Because that is, you know, that's been something that I've been trying to lean into and I've been encouraging people who are in my mastermind group to lean into, um, lean into the, uh, if you wanted to term them like fails, like failing so that we can be learning. And I don't actually think that people criticizing us is a fail, but it at least is like a leaning in a trying a, you know, it not going over well with somebody. And that, that is, that is cause for celebration too, right? Because that means that you were trying, that means that you took a risk. And so what if somebody hated it? So I love this challenge. I love this challenge because um, one of the things that has kind of gotten on pause because of my own fear has been the podcast that I've been working on. Um, and I really want to um, have some episodes to launch by the end of the month. And that's something that really comes up for me is, um, you know, I want to be able to release it um, without a bunch of people hating it immediately. <laughs> Oh, good luck. Uh, are you going to try to boil the ocean too or what? <laughs> I love it. Yes, I will. In fact, I'm going to put it all in a fine cup and boil it myself. I love that saying. 
Oh, yeah. No, that's funny. I mean, I think I know that there will be many, many, many people who will absolutely love it. But I also, you know, think about as many thousands of people who have reviewed Brooke Castillo's podcast with a five, there are people who really do not like her work. Yes. <laughs> and oh, so yeah. what would, what, I mean, what would we do if we hadn't had her? What, what would we do if she'd been too scared of people's reactions to take a stand in each of her little 20 minute sessions and say some really oh. powerful stuff about addiction or about emotions or about all of, you know, where, where all of our issues are really coming from. Absolutely. Man. And she doesn't even have a PhD. Right. <laughs> she's a freaking life coach. <laughs> and she's doing it. She is doing it. I know. I have to remind myself of that all the time like I you know and I think oh gosh I am so grateful for her you know kind of sacrificing yeah. herself her you know to her the thought that she's going to be criticized because it's totally transformed my life and I think it is in some ways my my like moral obligation yeah. to put stuff out there and to be helpful because I I see the benefits that my work has on other people yes. and I think why should this only be for people who get to meet with me directly one-on-one -on -one in, you know, in my office at this limited time? Like, yeah. why, why shouldn't I extend that out? Isn't, aren't I like, isn't that an ethical moral obligation for me to be sharing, to be helpful and to take that, to take that risk, right. And sacrifice. Yeah. So yeah. And, you know, and on that note, you know, Brooke Castillo, her success, Susan Hyatt, I'm, I could name many others, but they, their businesses really took off when they got loud about who they really are. And right. so, yeah, the haters may have increased, but at the same time, their success did. And Brooke, oh, by the way, is like $20 million in revenue this year or more. Yes. Like, I, obviously, something is going right when you show up as who you really are. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I love it. Yeah. I love yeah. it. So what are we, we're like, a, Benny, are we about, what do you have, like a minute left? Yeah, just a little over a minute. but A little over a minute. Okay, yeah, so then we'll just do all the, okay, so you have been listening today to Sunny in Seattle. It is our first Friday. Um, I am Sunny Joy. If you want to find out more about me, connect with me for coaching, goldenoversoul.com. Alessandra, what do you want to throw in there as we yes. close up? Yes, um, Dr. Alessandra Duke here. You can check me out at Alessandra Duke. Dot com. Um, you can also check out the entrepreneur group that I run for women, um, seattleladybosses.com. We've got an event coming up on June 19th. Um, but always feel free to reach out to me through alessandraduke.com to um, ask any questions you might have or, um, or learn more. Yeah, exactly. And Benny, anything you want to throw in before we close up? No, nope, I'm Peach Kane. Woohoo! Okay, well then on that note, thank you all for listening so much. We'll be back next week, or I will anyway. We'll see Alessandra again in July. But thank yes. you all for joining us. Bye. Bye. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.